And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. Now, you expected me today to say we're working on your financial freedom, but alas, my guest had something come up in his life at the last minute, and he had to cancel. And that's totally fine. It's totally fine. Life happens. I mean, I just want to make sure that, that Bill is taking care of everything that needs to be taken care of. Uh, my, my prayers and my, my good wishes go out to him and his family. And uh, the, the, what am I getting at? Oh, oh, so Bill, Bill was going to be my guest today. And Bill lives in Florida. Yeah, he lives in Florida. Now, this doesn't have anything to do with the elections that, that just happened last week. This has to do with the fact that, that a hurricane was blowing into Florida and where Bill lives, he, well, you know, he was kind of in the path of the hurricane. So I just I'm hoping and praying that everything is going well for Bill and his family, that uh, they were minimally affected by this hurricane. And we'll look forward to getting him on to a future show. You know, isn't that kind of like how life happens though. Don't, don't things happen in your life that you can't control? I know things happen in my life that I can't control. Things like, well, my, my personal health. Yeah, my personal health. I, as much as I think I can control my personal health, there are things going on with my health that I have absolutely no control over. Did, did you know that your health is actually kind of like a, a composite of three things? It's kind of a composite of three things. So one, one of the three things that you can, you can actually affect is things like diet and exercise. What do you put in your body, how you utilize your body, how you take care of your body? About one-third of that goes into your health. Another third that goes into your health is things like the environment. Yeah, environmental impacts. Let's say you live next to a, uh, I don't know, a, a nuclear waste facility. Chances are, if you live next to a nuclear waste facility, your, your health might be more at risk from the environmental factors than my health all the way over here in Texas. Now, I don't want you to live next to a nuclear waste facility. I just use that as an analogy. Now, that, that last third that you cannot control, that last third is what your body does. It could be genetics. It could be whatever's programmed into your body. Maybe you inherited something from your parents, which doesn't bode well for your health. I mean, there, there are medical ailments that we inherit from our parents. It's not like our parents intended to give those things to us, but lo and behold, we tend to inherit those things. So the health thing is one of those things that you just cannot control. And I'll tell you, it's, it's one of those things that's been wrecking a havoc in my life. Now, those of you that listen to the radio show know that I wasn't on the radio for several months. And there was a very, very sound reason for me not being on the radio. I became very, very ill. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was dealing with severe chronic pain through my cervical spine area that required surgery. And the surgery was no joke. It was basically five different things that needed to be repaired. They were going to do it all at once. 
Um, it was pretty intense. There was a high probability that maybe I wouldn't walk away from the surgery. And there was a high probability that even if I walked away from the surgery, I wouldn't be walking. I'd be rolling. Okay. Does that make sense? Those are the threats. Now, fortunately, my surgeon and his team were outstanding. God looked down on them and gave them all the gifts that they needed in order to successfully heal me. And I guess this is the point I want to make to you. Even though I was taken out of the fight for almost three months, I wasn't on the radio with you guys. I was focusing my time on getting better. I was focusing my time on healing myself. And being retired allowed me the available time to do that. It, it totally did. I mean, if I, if I had attempted to work while going through the recovery period, something would have had to have given. I mean, I actually did try to work. I actually tried to come back and do radio, and, and the folks at Lifestyles Unlimited went, Al, cool your jets. Everything's going to be okay. We want you to focus on your health. That was the message that was sent to me. That's, that's, that's the beauty of this organization. This organization is more concerned about me and my health than they are about just about anything else. And I value that. I absolutely value that. But if I had been working, I would have been probably on disability. And the problem with disability, I don't, I don't know what your disability plans are where you work. I, I know that where I used to work, they did have a disability plan. And, and this is the way it shook out. If you had to go on disability for the first week that you were on disability, they paid you, I think, if I recall correctly, you got your full wages, 100% of what you were entitled to in that first week. If the disability went on for an additional four weeks, so a total of five weeks, then they cut your pay to 80%. I guess they assume that, you know, your bills and your expenses aren't as great because you're not coming to work anymore. I, I, it's kind of a dumb philosophy. Maybe, maybe it's also an incentive to cause people to get themselves back to work. At the end of that five-week period, the wages would be reduced again, and they would go down to 60%, and they would stay at 60%, I believe, for an entire year. At the end of, at the end of a year, then if you were still on disability, then you had to apply for long-term disability. And if I remember correctly, the long-term disability paid you something like 40% of your wages. So what am I getting at? What I just explained to you is the damaging effect of your body giving out while you're working for somebody else. That your income, the income that you work so hard for, will start to diminish over time because you are not ready, willing, and able to get yourself back to the workplace and do the work that you agreed to do. If something bad happens to you, you are expecting to take a, a gut shot or, or, or a shot in your wallet or some, some, kind of, some kind of event that you're not going to enjoy. Does that make sense? Okay. So I was talking about the concept of diminishing returns and I was equating it to becoming ill and having to take time off of work, which I, I actually did do. And what that looks like from a financial platform in your life. Yeah. So if, if you have a, a disability plan like I had at the last place that I worked, the place that I was able to step away from, they, they basically took money away from you the longer you were on disability. 
it was almost like they were penalizing you for being ill. And they would start you at full wages for a week. They drop you to 80% for the next four weeks. They drop you to 60% for the rest of the year. And then if you stayed on a long-term disability beyond that, I think they dropped you like 40%, maybe 45%. I, I don't know if that's the current plan because I haven't worked for that organization in a long time. And to be honest with you, I don't really care what that plan is. But I do know two people that work for that organization. So I guess I should care a little bit because I do care about those people. Why don't we look at being sick from a completely different lens? Can we do that? Because I would rather do that because when, when I became ill and I couldn't work, I saw things completely differently than what I would have seen them had I been working for that other entity. See, what was going on with my real estate investments was they were still operating. They were still operating effectively. Even though I could barely get out of bed after the massive surgery that I had, my real estate was still at work. My real estate was still paying me, either monthly or quarterly, depending on the type of investment that I had made. My real estate was still gaining in value over time. Even though I didn't work for almost three months, my real estate was still working. The investments that I made in my real estate assets was still on top of it. They were still working on my behalf. They, they didn't care that I couldn't work. That didn't matter to them. What mattered to them was doing a good job for me. You heard me correctly. Doing a good job for me. Because that's why I chose those assets. That's why I chose to invest in those assets. Because I believed in what they will do for me. And I believe in either the people that are operating that asset for me. Or I believe in myself because I, I still own and operate my own assets. I do. Okay, technically, I'm down to one of those. I am down to one of those right now. I only have one single family house left in my portfolio. I intended to sell it. I was going to sell it to my resident. But because of the interest rate changes, she couldn't qualify for the property anymore. So the, the whole deal fell apart. So now I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with that property. So you, you might be thinking to yourself, wow. That's kind of cool. Is, is there more you could share with me, Al? Well, absolutely, there's more I could share with you. What if, I'm going to give you the big what if. What if you had, let's say, $23,333? Yeah, let's, let's just say you had $23,333. And what if, over a period of five years, you could grow that money and you could turn it into almost $120,000. Would you be interested? And I would think the short answer would be, why, yes, Al, because I think you're talking about a 514.1% return on investment. I am. Now, that is a combined return. That takes into account all of the, the elements of returns that we get in real estate, which are, are more than what you get in whatever you're investing in right now. See, with my, my assets, they pay me cash flow. And then in the equities column, I get things like equity capture. I get things like appreciation. I get things like principal pay down and I get the tax benefits. And if I happen to be invested in multifamily, which the majority of my investments are in multifamily, I also get the benefit of something called forced appreciation, where we don't wait for natural appreciation to occur. We just cause the appreciation to happen because we're operating commercial real estate. It's, it's really, really cool. So now that you're interested 
in getting a 514% return, I probably ought to explain to you how you should do it, how you could do it, how, how this particular asset I just analyzed has the ability to produce a 514% return over a five-year period for you. Are you interested? Okay, so this particular asset is a duplex. It's a duplex. In other words, there are two living units in the building. So two families can live in the same building and they don't have to share anything but a common wall. Okay, so they're not sharing a kitchen. They're not sharing bathrooms. They're not sharing a living room. They got their own stuff. They got a common wall between them. They have their own entrances to the property. They have their own exits to the property. They have their own assigned parking. It's two separate units, but it's one property. And we call that a duplex. Now, anything that has four units or less is classified by the industry as single family assets. I, I, I know, I know. I'm talking about something that has two living units. So shouldn't that be multifamily? And the short answer is no, no, because that's not how the industry addresses those particular assets. It isn't until you have five units or more that that asset qualifies to be multifamily and it qualifies to be commercial property, okay? And and both of these distinctions have have a, well, they have a huge impact on how these properties are valued. Now, the single family assets are valued based on comparative sales. In other words, what have other things in the area sold for within a certain given period of time? And then they take a look at those numbers and compare them to, what this transaction is doing, and then they either approve the sale or they disapprove the sale by making an appraisal on that property, and it either is going to meet the selling price or it's not. Sometimes it's above the selling price, but that's just the way it works. Now, in, in commercial real estate, it's all done differently. It's done based on an income approach. It, it uses the income streams that that property produces and with those income streams, you combine that with a capitalization rate that the market determines is viable for that asset class in that area, in that age group. And that gives you your value of your property. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. That's, that's how we do forced appreciation, because we can increase the income streams and not have to wait for market appreciation to catch up. Yeah. But this duplex, man, this is, this is clearly single family property, even though there's two living units in it. So this particular property was brought to me by a realtor by the name of Rob. He's part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Realty community. And he says that this particular property, all fixed up in the market right now, has an ARV. What's an ARV? It stands for after repair value. In other words, this thing is worth $295,000 when it's all fixed up and I can buy it for $135,000. That means this thing is really in trouble. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. There is a dream killer here somewhere today. You're gonna run into somebody who's gonna tell you this stuff doesn't work. Like Vinette said, it's a scam. This is probably a multi-level marketing program. Somebody is gonna tell you it doesn't work. 
because you're the wrong race, the wrong age, the wrong sex, the wrong sexual preference, the something or other. And this is all set up so rich people can be successful and all you poor people can't. And if you believe that, they've won. But if you don't, you win. Don't believe the dream killers. Start winning today with the Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop. Get the knowledge you need to replace your income in two to five years, and then find out how to take action. Register for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I'm explaining to you how you can get to a 514% rate of return in five years on just one property. Yeah, this is, this is kind of important for you to wrap your head around because at Lifestyles Unlimited, when you become a member, we're going to teach you how to retire yourself in five years or less. You heard me correctly, five years or less. Now, some people, they, they need a little more time. It's just the way it is. Everybody starts in a completely different place. Now, me, I thought I was going to take the entire five years to get it done. And I was amazed at the end of the second year when I had realized that I had actually retired myself by doing all the stuff that I had been taught to do. This is the beautiful thing about real estate investing. And this particular asset, this one asset right here, has the ability for you to turn about $23,000 into an adjusted capital gain of about $143,000 at the end of five years. This is how we amass wealth in real estate. Yeah, you heard me correctly. This is exactly how we amass wealth in real estate. Now, as we were going to the break, I was telling you a little bit about this property. It's, it's a duplex. Uh, this thing is in pretty pretty bad shape. It's going to take a lot of work. As a matter of fact, Rob just flat out says in the email that he sent to me, big rehab. And if Rob's going to say big rehab, then this property has got some serious issues. Are you afraid of it yet? Some people would be like, dude, I don't want to get involved with a property that's got serious issues because I've heard all those stories about serious issues and I don't want any part of that. Okay. That's cool. That's one competitor out of the way. Yeah. You heard me correctly. That's one competitor out of the way. And trust me, most of the people that would even look at this particular asset, first of all, are not looking at it the way we're looking at it first. I am looking at this through a financial lens. I am trying to determine whether or not this asset makes sense to go in my portfolio. Does it meet my requirements for cash out of pocket? Does it meet my requirements for equity capture? Does it meet my requirements for doubling my money in a certain period of time? And I would say yes to all of those answers. It actually meets all of my requirements. Now, what are my requirements? I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tell you. And here's why. If I tell you what my requirements are, some of you out there may say, well, if they're good for him, they're good for me. 
And that's not the way this works. That is not the way this works. Everything has to be based on your goals, your objectives, where you're starting from, where you're trying to get to. What does your five-year plan look like? How do we overlay your five-year plan onto the map that we provide you at Lifestyles Unlimited so we can get you retired in five years? That's the way this thing works. So let's get back into the deal. Now, Rob says this thing is worth $295,000 all fixed up. It's a mess, though. We can buy it for $135,000. That's, that's what the seller is asking, which means we're buying this property at wholesale pricing. You heard me correctly. We're buying it at wholesale pricing. It's literally $0.46 cents on the dollar at this price point. Now, I told you this property needs a lot of rehab, and I'm factoring about, oh, I don't know, about $105,000 plus the, the two closings that I'm going to do. The first closing is going to be when I acquire the property using hard money, which is going to keep my cash out of pocket to a minimum. That's going to keep me at a cash out of pocket level of about $23,333. That's what my, my data tells me. And another closing, once I get the complete rehab done, once I put that resident in my property, I've got my lease. I'm going to go to my conventional lender and I'm going to say, okay, the property is complete. It is now worth $295,000. Now I would like to refinance the property. Can you give me maybe an 80% loan? Yeah, that's, that's how this works. Okay, so numbers wise, everything's looking pretty good. As a matter of fact, that $23,000 that's going to be out of my pocket is a lot less than the 25% that you would think you would have to put down on this property. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just blew your mind, didn't I? As a matter of fact, the wholesale pricing that we're able to command on this property is only 8% of the total ARV of the property. You heard me correctly. It's only 8%. What does that mean? It means I'm literally putting 8% down to do this deal. Now, I'm not going through any kind of government financing. I don't have some kind of special financing lay, laid on with a banker. I don't have some sweetheart financing laid on with my, my elderly aunt who's no longer alive. No, I don't have any of that stuff. I don't have any of that stuff. I'm using hard money. And I'm using conventional financing on the back end, and that is keeping my cash outlay to actually less than 8% of the total deal. This is how we acquire properties at wholesale pricing. Now, here's the other thing I want you to know. If I'm only putting about 8%, actually a little bit less than 8% into this total project, what kind of equity am I capturing? Well, Rob believes it's going to be about $55,000, meaning that... When I get everything done, my total cost for acquisition, repairs, everything works out to be about $240,000. So my, my, my total cost, if you will, is $240,000. The difference between $295,000, what it's really worth when it's all fixed up, and $240,000, you know the math, it's $55,000. That's the equity that I capture. Now that is an unrealized capital gains, meaning meaning even though I command that $55,000 with equity, I'm not liable for any taxes on it because I've not transacted this property out of my name to another person. That's that's literally what triggers the taxation on real estate. 
Yeah. So the, the, the refinance that I'm going to do, it's not going to trigger anything. I'm not going to pay any taxes right up front. I don't pay taxes on this thing until I decide to dispose of the asset. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Now, you think about this. I'm putting about $23,000 into the deal, and I'm commanding about $55,000 in equity. That's a lot of money. Now, you think about this. $55,000 is more than twice than what I am putting into this property at $23,333. So just on the equity capture, I have been able to double my money. Did you hear me correctly? I was able to double my money in the first couple of months of ownership of this property because I bought it right. I rehabbed it right. I found the right residence to go into both sides of this duplex. And now I'm operating the property. And it only took me maybe a couple of months to get all that done. So in a couple of months period of time, I have doubled my money. Now it's unrealized capital gains. So the money's not in my pocket, but that's totally fine. The money is in, is in the asset and it goes on my bottom line on my net worth. I just increased my equities by doubling them. Isn't that pretty cool? That is really cool. Okay. Another way to make money in real estate is we do something called principal pay down. Now, principal pay down is when you take out a mortgage on the property. And the reason we put a mortgage on the property is because that lender does not participate in equities, yet they bring a big bulk of the cash that I need to the table. Remember when I said that I'm only putting about 8% into this property, so I need to get some money from somewhere else. And that money comes from a lender. The first bucket of money comes from a hard money lender. And then when I refinance out of that loan, it goes into long-term financing with a conventional lender. So we're talking about how you take $23,333, you buy a duplex with it in five years, your rate of return works out to be about 514.1%. I guess that's not really an about, that's a very specific number. That's what my projections are indicating to me. And the way I got there was by looking at all the different ways real estate pays me. Yeah, real estate pays you in multiple ways. This is, this is a completely different asset than whatever you're investing in now. Now, some of you guys, you got out of the stock market and maybe, maybe you got out too soon because it looks like the Dow may have broken through its upper, upper channel line, which means it might have a chance to come back a little bit, although the NASDAQ is not looking so great. So I, I don't know. I don't know. And again, this is not a stock investing show because I don't do that. I, I used to trade stocks. I don't trade stocks anymore because I found it very laborious. It took a lot of my time and it didn't give me a great return on investment. Unlike real estate, which gives me a great return on investment. And the points that I've been making to you is that even though I was incapacitated for almost three months out of my life during this year, and I, I couldn't do radio with you, I, I, I really couldn't do much of anything. My real estate was still working on my behalf. It didn't care whether I got up or didn't get up that day. It didn't care whether I had a good day or a bad day. It just didn't care. It just did what it's supposed to do. And then my distributions would come in as they're supposed to come in, either monthly or quarterly, depending on the type of asset and depending on how the, the, the asset is organized from a 
payment structure. All right, so let's get back into these different ways we're making money in real estate. So I talked about the equity capture, the fact that we we put almost, well, a little over $23,000 into this thing, and we're going to capture $55,000 with the equity in this property, which is going to bring our total equity to equity to 78,333. It's, it's a big number. It's a big number. So we have a lot of equity in this particular property and we, we get that equity because we bought it at wholesale pricing. We rehabbed it at wholesale pricing and our total cost into the asset is at wholesale pricing. Yet we're commanding retail values on the property. It's a beautiful thing. Another way we make money in real estate is the principal pay down. I was talking about that as we went to break. Another way we're going to make money in real estate is the taxes. Yeah, there are tax advantages to this property. What's really neat about this property is based on the fact that it's worth $295,000. I'm going to assume that the land value of this asset is about 20%. I'm only going to assume that the improvements on this property are, are at 80%. That's actually a little lower than I normally go. I usually go about a 85-15% ratio, but on this property I'm actually going to I'm going to reduce the improvements a little bit more because I want to make a very important point to you. This particular asset is going to benefit from something called paper losses. You heard me correctly, they're called paper losses in the form of depreciation. The United States government, specifically the Internal Revenue Service, because they own all of our tax codes, they say that when you own investment property, you will take depreciation. In other words, they're saying that your property is going to wear out over time and they're going to allow you to write off certain expenses based on that depreciation. So this particular asset is going to throw off about $8,582 in depreciation every, every year. Let's just call it 8,600 bucks to make it easy. Okay. So 8,600 bucks. Now, I want you to keep that in the back of your mind for a moment, because what I need to do is back up three steps and talk to you about the cash flow that this property is producing. This is one of those ways that we make money in real estate. This property is poised to return cash flow of about $445 per month. When you annualize that, that works out to be $5,340 per year. So what does that have to do with that almost $8,600 worth of depreciation? Well, you're going to match those two numbers up. And because the depreciation number exceeds your income, you're not going to pay any taxes on that income. It is essentially wiped away. It is wiped away. It cancels out any taxes you would pay on that income. And here's the other thing. The residual $3,242 that's left over, you can use that against other real estate. There are also allowances where you can use that against maybe other forms of income. Now, I'm not a tax advisor. I don't pretend to be a tax advisor. I'm just telling you that this depreciation is a beautiful thing and it will insulate you from paying taxes. Yeah, that's that's what you keep hearing about us real estate investors. We're among the lowest taxed individuals in the United States. It doesn't mean we, we don't pay our fair share of taxes. We certainly pay our fair share of taxes. And, and when you look at property taxes, we pay a lot in property taxes. So it's not like we're getting off scot-free, but the business itself 
covers that expense of taxes. It's not like I'm reaching into my pocket and paying for it. Okay, so how does all this stuff work together? How does it all work together? Okay, so let's say we've owned and operated this property for five years. And let's say we've only increased the rent enough to cover the cost of increased taxes and increased insurance. We're not going to take any additional profit out of this particular asset over the next five years. So where do I get my numbers from? Well, it's real simple. At the end of five years, what you're going to find is that you will have developed $26,700 in cash flow, which by the way, you're probably not going to pay taxes on because of the depreciation that comes off of this is so much higher than that amount. Yeah, it's, it's a cool thing. You're also going to be the beneficiary of holding this property for five years. And your adjusted capital gains, when you take into consideration all the different forms of equity, works out to be $116,588. So what does that mean? Well, you add those two numbers together, and what it gets you is a return at the end of five years of $143,288. That is a 514.1% rate of return. This is how you take $22,333 today, you invest it correctly, you buy the asset correctly, you rehab the asset correctly, you find a great residence to go into that particular asset, and you do that correctly also. And then once you refinance that property, you have fixed everything up in that property that could go wrong in the next five to seven years, which is going to limit the number of phone calls you receive should you decide to self-manage. Now, I, I choose to self-manage because I find it to be very easy because my stuff doesn't break. It just doesn't break. I've gone through the entire asset, and if it didn't, if any of the functional systems in that asset did not have a lifespan of five to seven years, I fixed it or I replaced it. And if all the costs associated with doing that blew my numbers out of the water, I just walk away from the deal. I don't continue to invest in something that will not pay me the rate of return I'm looking for. Now you think about it. Let's say you had $100,000, not 23,000, but $100,000. How many of these assets could you buy? And the short answer is you could buy four and you still have a little bit of money left over. And in the meantime, you would be making a 514% rate of return on all of these assets. So you have these four assets growing over time, producing cash flows for you. It's kind of an amazing thing. You would essentially take $100,000 and you would turn it into well over $500,000 and you'd still have your $100,000. So when you wrap it all together, you turned $100,000 into $600,000, and you did that in five years. Take a look at what you're investing in now. Yeah, go ahead, take a look. Are any of those assets producing 514% rate of return every five years for you? And the short answer is, maybe not. 
Maybe they're not. Maybe you're invested in the stock market, and the stock market has been plummeting since the beginning of 2022. Now, it's trying to show some life. It's trying to come back. But the stock market's going to do what the stock market's going to do. And trust me, you are a little fish in that giant stock market. Now, real estate, this is a completely different animal. Because when you own the asset, you own the asset. It's no fractional shares going into this asset. This is your asset. And that lender, that lender that comes alongside you, that gives you the bulk of the money so that you can use it to buy this asset, so that you can create these income streams and you can create these equity growth situations, they don't participate in any of the equity growth. Nada, nada, zip, nothing. I can't think of any other words that mean mean that, but... You get my point, right? So all of the equity gains that we make on this asset benefit us. They don't benefit the lender. They benefit us. So why would the lender be a part of what we do? Well, first of all, if they understand that we know what we're doing with real estate investing, that makes their investment in this asset a very, very minimal risk. I'll tell you, real estate investing is not risk-free, but it can be risk-free if you know how to do it right. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com, get signed up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.